Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where 21st century educators come to share, learn, and be inspired. We believe in the growth mindset, creativity, communication, critical thinking, collaboration, and strategic uses of education technology. Our mission is to share news and views from teachers who are crushing it in the classroom and making a difference for learners everywhere. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's jump into today's episode. Today, I'm speaking with CJ Reynolds. CJ is better known by his YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, where he talks teaching, relationships, and life, and I'm a huge fan. As a passionate educator and creator, his two truths in teaching are, number one, relationships are king, and number two, it's only ever about the students. Make sure to check out his incredible YouTube content at Real Rap with Reynolds and follow him on Twitter at Real Rap Reynolds. CJ, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? Let's do it, man. That's all I talk about, Tim, these days. So I'm <laughs> happy to be here and to talk about it. Well, you do an awesome job of it. So let's jump right in. Why don't you set us up by telling us about your current education situation? So this year is a little bit different, actually, than than past years. I am a teacher. I teach ninth grade literature primarily, and I teach a course called The History of Hip Hop in West Philadelphia. And so this year, I think, right, so this like as a teacher, you go into the year pretty sure of what's going to go down, but then you're not really sure what's going to happen from there. But I'm set up to teach just ninth grade literature this year and without a co-teacher or anything. I've had a co-teacher for the last three years, but I've had something like six co-teachers in the last three years. So, um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. So I'm really looking forward to like, just being by myself and just getting down with what I need to get down with. And so that's what this year is shaping up to be. Awesome. CJ, we're going to start with a low moment. Tell us about one that you faced in your education career. And then more importantly, how did you get through it? You know, one of the hardest things was when I first started teaching, uh, like right out of the gate, being exhausted like coming yeah. home and I would literally like sit on my floor. I remember my first week of teaching, I would come home, I'd sit on my floor in my living room and I would eat dinner and fall asleep on the living room floor. And then a couple <laughs> of times that week, I woke up the next morning, just oh, still like in the same spot. Yeah. So uh, I felt like I was in like the hangover or something um, <laughs> without actually consuming alcohol. So I think, you know, part of the problem with that was, I just, when you're a first year teacher, anything that they ask you to do, you kind of sign up for. Like, I, I know that's how I've done it. And I've seen tons of other teachers do the same thing where like, you don't have, you're, you think you can handle a lot more than you can or a lot more than you should. And so in the years after that, it was like learning how to say no without feeling like that was the wrong thing. Right. right. And so we already do a job that does not pay enough. Oftentimes we already do it. We already stay extra hours and take our work home. And there's all these extra things calling you all the time. Right. And so it was about like learning sort of like the art of saying no hmm. to folks and then feeling okay with like not being guilty about it, but realizing like, yeah, I'm still putting my time and energy into the students, which is where it belongs, but not feeling bad about like not chaperoning the dance or joining some band or heading a new club or tutoring after school, like, but instead like doing the things I wanted to do. And so I think just from the jump, like that was one of my first things I had to kind of figure out how to navigate through. Cause otherwise 
I just wasn't going to last. That's a great takeaway, CJ, and I really appreciate that. I I know I've definitely grown in that area. As you call it, the art of saying no is so important. And if you are a rookie teacher or a young teacher listening out there, I think that's a great message. You don't need to say yes to every invitation that comes along. CJ, your YouTube channel, let's talk about that. It is such an incredible source of creativity and inspiration I have so many questions. My family all knows who you are because you've been on my TV a few times. So tell us about where did did the name for the channel come from and what motivated you to become a YouTuber? So the name of the channel, uh, I actually get questions about that a lot. So so let me, let me, I'm going to start with your second question first, because I started the YouTube channel because my son wanted a YouTube channel and he like most young kids like just wanted to be on YouTube because my kids watch more YouTube than they watch regular television. So after that, like, you know, we started recording, we started editing things and and working on stuff. And the, you know, once I started getting the, like a little bit of, of a hang of it, he kind of switched directions and wanted to do something else. And I thought there's no way I just learned like how to film, how to edit, how, like I was learning about lighting and how, like my sound should be and where to find music. And there's all these things that there's that you just have to figure out for yourself or by watching like hundreds of hours of YouTube videos of other people talking about it. Right. So I kind of figured out and I realized like, I can't not do this. Um, So I thought, well, what would I talk? Like, what do I even know enough about to talk about? And I thought, what if I made content for, for like for teachers that, like I felt in my maybe like even college into like my second or third year of teaching where I just, I didn't feel like there was anything out there for me. I didn't feel like there were any blogs that kind of spoke to me. I didn't feel like there were any particular books that weren't, I mean, there were books that inspired me, but they were like, it was, I felt like a high school, you know, basketball player watching LeBron and going, Oh no, this is what (laughs) I should do. Like it, it didn't seem attainable to me at the time. So I just started making, content that I wish connected with like, or that existed when I was uh, younger. And so real rap with Reynolds came from, I have, I've been writing quotes on my board forever in the front of my room. And they're like, not your average quote. It's stuff like, uh, you know, I write things like there's a 99% chance that you're awesome. You should (laughs) act accordingly. Or, uh, you know, stop yelling at the, at the controller. You're the one pushing Uh, the buttons. Yeah. Just something I tell my son all the time. He like looks at the controller and shakes it as we're playing a video game. I'm like, bro, you're the dude yeah. pushing the yeah. buttons here, man. Like it's not, it's not somebody else. So, you know, so that was, but I always titled them Real Rap with Reynolds. And then when I started the channel, for whatever reason, I, I didn't think it was going to go anywhere, right? It's like when the Beatles, not, I mean, not to sure. liken myself to the Beatles, <laughs> but like, you know, or even the Foo Fighters, they say like, we would have picked a better name <laughs> if we right. known this was going to go on. Uh, and maybe I would have picked not necessarily something better, but something that was more clearly understood. But now it's stuck. And, you know, all my students know what I'm talking about. I'm just not sure the rest of the world always knows what what it means. <laughs> well, again, for any teachers listening, you got to check this guy's channel out. CJ is always putting out so much good info and, and a lot of good 
insights and provocative questions for teachers to think about in their practice. And I so appreciate all the inspiration I get from him. CJ, we're going to go back to you and back to your classroom, which by the way, looks very cool in all your videos. I I love the way you curate your walls and everything that you sort of give your students to look at. But what is it in the classroom that excites you about education today? I mean, to go back to, to YouTube or even social media for a moment, not until I started posting videos on YouTube about teaching um, did the World Wide Web become just that. Like it, it used to just be, you know, Facebook and Instagram and it was folks that I knew. But now, you know, I, I put videos out and people from like South Africa will email me <laughs> yeah. or New Zealand or Russia or South Korea. And it is amazing because you get to like really connect with folks yeah. that you would never, ever have have talked to before. I mean, Tim, I would probably never have met you in my life if I didn't put YouTube videos out. And to me, that is fantastic. And I think what's happening now in the classroom is like, we always talk about wanting students to be global citizens, but this, we we are in an era where we are really being, like that's an actual thing that we can do. And so uh, I'm talking to this gentleman now that I met at the ISTE conference in Chicago last month, where we're talking about um, creating a podcast with my students and then his students that are in China, we would sort of like cross promote or we would work on projects together. And then he works with schools all over the world that are doing similar things. And this idea that my boys would be able to share their story and then share that their story with someone from a completely different part of the world that they've never even been to. They know nothing about. And then being able to interact with kids elsewhere. I think that really, you know, in a world where I sounds like a a movie trailer, right? Like in a world, but uh, in a, in a world where, you know, my students do not leave, not, not Philadelphia, they don't leave their block, right? Mm. Everyone reps their block. And so, if you are having an opportunity to speak with someone from Namibia or South Korea or China, like that to me is mm-hmm. super exciting. And that's something I never had the opportunity when I was younger to do. And then like to form a relationship with someone, to meet up with someone down the road, to like partner with someone in a different part of the world. Like I just think that the opportunities are endless and it's super exciting to me. Wow. Well said. I I agree with you 100%. And I think more and more we need to be thinking as teachers about how can we help our students represent their learning in authentic ways that connect with the rest of the planet. And yeah, you've put your finger on some great opportunities there. Let's move into your personal life or areas, let's say, outside of the classroom. We call ourselves lifelong learners. So CJ, what is it that sort of represents another area of passion and continuous learning for you? That's a really interesting question because one of the questions I get a lot is what books about education am I reading currently? And I'm not, I don't so, I don't read so much stuff on, on education unless it comes really highly recommended. I feel like I pull most things for the classroom from other areas that I'm interested cool. in, right? So I, uh, not a lot of people know this, but I am extremely interested in gardening. I have been since I was in about the sixth grade. And so my yard, I live in um, a pretty tough neighborhood. And so my wife and I and a bunch of our friends moved to this neighborhood um, years ago all together and to kind of be better neighbors. And when you walk into my backyard, the feeling I wanted was that uh, 
karate kid moment when like you walk into Mr. Miyagi's backyard and it's this oasis in, in the middle of nowhere. So that's something I, I really love. Um, and more recently, I'm really into, I signed up for my first triathlon this summer. Wow. And I have not ridden a bicycle since I got a driver's license when I was 17 because in Philadelphia, like, or rather I live in New Jersey, but I teach in Philadelphia. Um, in Jersey, you only ride a bike if you're older, if you have like a DUI or something. So like, I just, I don't ride a bike and I've never, I've never swam except for like save my life. So it's been this really interesting transformation this summer of like getting up early and I've always exercised, but like swimming and riding a bike and wearing the shorts that go with both of those <laughs> yeah. activities has been, you know, uh, a shocking moment to all of my neighbors. Um, I think I'm riding around in my underwear, but, you know, so I think those two things right now are like what I'm, what is taking up most of my time when I just have time to myself is either training or, you know, being in the garden. It just, it is a place where I can de-stress from the end of the day and kind of zone out. And my, even my kids know, like if dad's in the backyard, like you gotta be cool. Like you just gotta be chilled out. This is my moment. So that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Those are two great examples. And yeah, absolutely. I, I think teachers need to find those areas of personal passion to sort of recharge and, and light up. And I think you contribute so much more to the learning of your students when you're involved in those other places. CJ, is there something kind of related, but is there a personal habit of some kind, something that you do on a daily or a weekly basis that contributes to your success? So I am a routine monster. Um, I love routine. And so when I wake up every day, like the most, most of my days, like the first hour, hour and a half, like look exactly the same, which is, um, wake up, I get up about five and then I go to the gym or I go swim now in the summer, I go swimming now, or I'll just go running in my neighborhood. And then I come home and I typically meditate for about 20 minutes. Um, and that only that gets messed up sometimes because my dog comes downstairs and he like smelling me, but I'm like trying to like, I'm like, dude, I'm trying to like get prepare my mind and you're sniffing my knees for some reason. Um, <laughs> and then I don't, so now like anyone that watches my YouTube channel knows that like my wife always has like these crazy new health ideas that she wants me to do. So right now I'm doing intermittent fasting, which means I don't eat until... 12 31 o'clock so i right. i drink coffee in the morning but that i don't eat anything and then i just make sure i eat a really good lunch i usually eat something like salad and protein bar or something like that so that i can like really be ready i mean t- teaching is so taxing i mean all teachers know this that like if you don't if i i just feel like if i don't like prepare myself for it it is um it just doesn't go right like it, it's the worst when I wake up late or when something happens in the morning, I show up to school and I'm not ready. Um, I can do that for a few days, but after Mm. too much time, it really wears on you and you really have to like take a step back and like get your, get your mind right. And before you can go on. So true. So true. CJ, we're moving into some rapid fire recommendations and we're going to start with Twitter. Every teacher's home for a solid PLN, at least I think so. But I know Twitter's not your main platform of focus. Is there someone on Twitter, though, that you would suggest we follow? Um, so one of my favorite people is he's actually a friend of mine and he's a writer. Uh, Randy Rebuy is um, 
a writer, he just put out a book called After the Shot Drops. And he's someone, you know, that I've worked with, I worked with for years. We taught together in West Philadelphia, and then he moved to the Bay Area because his wife was going um, for her doctorate. So he had to move. But he's one of these uh, really interesting folks that like, not, I think I didn't appreciate him as much until he moved. And then I started realizing like how witty he is, how socially conscious he is. He puts out like everything he puts out on Twitter, I feel like is something I want. If he puts out an article, it's something I want to read. If he right. references a movie or says that he was went and like bought like uh, a new, like got new music from someone. It's something that I want to check out because he just has really good taste and he is one of the only teachers I've ever seen. And I, this is usually a piece of advice that I tell people not to do, who is not at all in the classroom, who he is in real life. He's one of the funniest people I know in real life, but he just doesn't want to be that guy in the classroom. So he's really serious. He's super strict. He gets respect from everyone. I mean, it is, it's mind blowing to sit in his class because you just think, you know, he's like this five foot eight man um, that just commands respect and he's awesome. So he's like one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. That's cool, man. I will definitely take a look for him. Next, is there an ed tech tool that you currently love using in your classroom, CJ, or maybe your day-to-day work? And I'm interested in this one. You're a lit teacher and I teach a little bit of English. So is there something maybe that relates to English or it could be something else as well? Yeah. So last year I started using, and I just, I mean, full disclosure, I just got a, um, I just partnered with this company, but I found them before. And I still think like every once in a while, a company will reach out to me and I'm like, oh, I already use your stuff. Like, and I think you're awesome. So of course I want like a partnership with you because that doesn't always happen. Like you get, you get weird requests sometimes, but there's a company called Storybird that is an online platform that is free. Um, and then there's, you can get like, as like everything else, you can like subscribe and get like more stuff from them, but they are really interesting in that, um, last year for my 10th graders, I taught a class, several classes of like really low performing students, kids that had like, were reading on a low grade level. And so the idea was to go in and help these kids that I'd already taught in ninth grade. I had them again in 10th grade and to really like not have that beginning of the year lull be there, like hit the ground running and go for it. And so we did. And the way that I started the year was by reading children's books. And uh, so as a way to break down things like tone and mood and characterization and conflict and review quickly, um, instead of just like um, having to read like all the regular short stories or reading a novel and, and having it take this long time. I wanted to do something in like three weeks, we could hit it and then just keep going. And so found this program online through a friend called Storybird. And what it allows you to do is create things like graphic novels or um, children's books online. And my guys like spent three weeks, like design, like writing a book and then designing it and then rewriting it and then like showing it to their group. And then uh, it was this, really great way to like hash through something. And in the beginning, they wanted nothing to do with reading. I remember the first book I read to them was Oliver Jeffers, The Incredible Book Eating Boy, which is one of my favorite children's books. And they were like, Reynolds, what are we reading? This is the stupidest thing. This kid eats books. Is that what we're reading about? And I'm like, bro, just 
relax. And I read it to them just like I read to my own children. I read in with voices and like inflecting my, my voice and they ended up loving it. And then they ended up writing really, really good books that, you know, they shared with the class and that I came home. I actually had a, uh, another teacher that I met through YouTube that would shared them with her class. And it was a really, really fun experience. And um, I just think that there's, it's a, it's a really fun way to like bridge, you know, you're not just doing technology for technology's sake, but like using it in a way because like the kids maybe don't have that, that art piece. Like that, that's not something they're good at, or they're, you know, you know, you see handwriting all the time. It looks like a hot mess, but like this gave them something. It was the full platform. It was the picture. It was the words. They got to put it all together and it was a really, really fun experience. No, I think that's a, a pretty compelling pitch and it comes back to that authentic representation of learning, right? If, if technology can give us new opportunities to build and create and design and bring things to life, then that's where it's a win. Yes, absolutely. CJ, is there a book that, again, you're an English teacher. This is probably tough to narrow it down to one, but is there a book that you would point us to that maybe you've been reading lately or one of your all-time faves? Yeah. So if I think of anything, I mean, um, one of my, one of my favorite writers is this guy. I talk about him all the time. Father Gregory Boyle, who is uh, a priest in South, I think South central Los Angeles. And he runs the largest um, gang rehabilitation program in the country. And so there was a, there was a documentary about him called G dog on Netflix. One time. I, I don't even know how I got, I would have clicked on it. Cause like, the cover, like the thumbnail on Netflix was terrible. It didn't look like anything I would ever watch, but I ended up watching it. And I just thought this guy was amazing. And the thing I, that, that I love so much is a number of books. Um, so it's like, uh, G dog and the homeboys, which is a really terrible title. There's tattoos on the heart. There's uh, barking at the choir. And, you know, it's not like you don't have to be religious to read the book. Uh, he, but it's just his ability to one, mm. never, ever give up on the people that he works with. So even if someone has the most heinous crime, they do the most awful thing. They do something terrible to him. They all, like, he's been almost shot any number of times. Wow. He just never gives up on the people that he works with. And I think that is such a great message right. to teachers because you can go into the game thinking that, but if some kid dogs you enough and you get to Christmas, it's like, bro, I'm not even like, I'm done with you. I'm finished. And I think that's where the work gets started. So for some kids, it's, you know, you just, they, they've been given up on their whole lives. And as teachers, I just really think that we're called to, to rally around students that feel troubled. And I know Gregory Boyle does that. And he, is committed. He's and and I think that that's the other big piece I take away from him is that it is his sense of consistency. Where, you know, I have seen too many teachers, and I don't mean to I don't mean to sound like I'm judging anyone, but like when folks show up for a year or two to teach in the inner city, especially I think, uh, and then you decide that you want to like go somewhere else, that's fine. I mean, it's your life, and you're going to do what you want to do. But when it happens too much, it really like lends itself to this life of inconsistency that so many of our students have, and it's really damaging to the students. And so I just implore folks to like, yeah. 
just be mindful of that, right? Like there's a chance, I don't know, maybe my life changes drastically and I have to leave the classroom and, and I become one of those folks. But I really think there's something to showing up every day, going, having your class be consistent. Like I shake every hand at the door every single day when my boys come in, I eat lunch with them every single day. I send them off every day, usually by kicking them out of my room because they don't want to leave <laughs> and I have to go home and feed my children. But, um, you know, I just, those are some of the lessons from his books that like, like keep me coming back to them regularly throughout the class, throughout the school year. Wow. Well, and, and that empathy CJ comes across so clearly in your videos. I think it's one of the reasons why your channel is so compelling and your content is so inspiring. So thank you for that recommendation. We're wrapping up here with a few final questions. Are you a podcast listener? And if you are, point us to a podcast we need to add to our podcast lineup for those long daily commutes. Yeah, so the commute to school is pretty quick, but on the way home, uh, it's you know getting back in the Jersey takes a long time. I don't know why everyone wants to come back to New Jersey, but uh, they do nonetheless. So I do, I listen to, um, I really like the Tim Ferriss podcast. I think it's really great. And, you know, the reason I think I like that is because he doesn't always, I don't feel like I'm being catered to. There's so many different types of folks that some weeks I'm like, yeah, I'm, there's no chance I'm listening to like uh, a three hour interview about cryptocurrency. But, um, you know, or I think an another one this summer, there's a guy named Rich Roll, who is an ultra runner and did not become one until about, I think he started running again when he's like 40. And that right. idea at this point in my life is like, I love, I am fascinated by people who are, I'm 41 now, um, that refuse to coast, that want to try new things, are mm. into doing new stuff. I just am drawn to them. And so that that's why that podcast stood out to me. I mean, he's a weird dude. I like, he's like, does a lot of kind of like, he sleeps in a tent on his roof of his house. Um, and there's a lot of other things that we just don't connect with. Like he's a vegan and I'm not, but I just think he's a fascinating guy, always pushing himself, trying new things. So I think, yeah, he's one of my favorites right now on, uh, on iTunes. Cool, man. Well, heading to the video front, is there a YouTube channel that you enjoy besides your own? And uh, maybe let's narrow this a little bit. Is there one that you really look to for good vlogging technique or uh, you know, for teachers out there thinking about creating their own channel, is there one that you would point them to in that regard? So I really love, um, I like a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's so funny being like at my age, I don't know any other 40 year old dudes that like watch YouTube, <laughs> but I watch more YouTube than I watch anything else. So Casey Neistat, like a lot of other folks are yeah. watching. Um, yeah. I still occasionally, not as much now, but, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk stuff, you know, like we had right. talked just before the podcast, I'd had the opportunity to get into his call and show the Ask Gary V show. And then my students had no idea who he was really, like not all of my students, I'd shared some of his stuff before. And he invited us up to VaynerMedia and that kind of like, you know, so once you awesome. meet someone, now you're like on a tear and you want to like watch all their stuff. So that's another one. Um, and there's a guy who doesn't have he has a YouTube channel uh, whose name is Mac Primo, M-A-C-P-R-E-M-O. And Mac Primo is, um, he makes commercials, he makes art. His editing is endlessly fascinating to me as well. I just, I have literally like downloaded his videos so I can watch them in slow motion to try and see how it is that he's 
doing some of the things that he's doing in his videos. I just think they're super cool. And I actually DM'd him last year also. And uh, on a, like, I DM everybody. And uh, so he says, yeah, why don't you come up to Brooklyn with some of your students and like hang out? And we did. I got to go up and he's like a hero of mine. I got to go to his workshop and like hang out with him for the day. And he showed my students how to screen print. And we talked about art and music and creation. And it was really, really great. So he's He's definitely an inspiration for me. Sweet, man. I'll, I'll take a look for him. Last question, CJ. You're at the end of your day. You've got no energy left for lesson plans or video editing or setting up your next interview. I don't know what else. Gardening. So you're just relaxing at home. What is it that you're watching on Netflix right now? So I, I love this question because uh, my wife at some point in like in the last, I don't, I don't know, like the latter part of our, like we've been together for 23 years. Um, and she really likes like bad action movies and not, not just bad, but like, I remember one time I was watching Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze and my wife was like, kept dogging me as she would walk through the room. She's like, what are you watching? This is so stupid. And then, um, eventually she started watching it and she loved it. And, uh, and so there's a show called Shooter. I say all that because there's a show on USA called Shooter um, with Ryan Phillippe. It's based off the uh, Marky Mark movie. And it's a really like easy show. It's not super dense. And that's what I need at the end of my days. Like I don't need anything like the school is filled with so much drama that I need like a throwaway show. So it's either that or right now we're catching up on uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. So we're big Breaking Bad fans. So I'm I'm almost caught up on that show, which was a slow grow and a slow build, but like I'm glad we stuck it out because it's gotten really, really good in the last few episodes. So that's like my jam right now. Yeah, I, I come back to that show once in a while too. It's it's you're right, it's got a very distinct uh, flavor to it, but yeah, it makes for some good viewing. CJ, this has been so phenomenal, and I'm so thankful to, to share your insights with the listeners today. Hey, just before we sign off here, can you tell us a little bit about, is the Will Smith campaign still going on, and, and how can the listeners help you out with that? So, the Will Smith campaign is going on, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be strategic, because what I don't want to do is, um, I was really, so for those of folks that don't know, I'm trying to get Will Smith to come to my school. We had a very dramatic year at last year, very tragic year at my school. And so I wanted someone to come that could like lift the spirits up just by, I think, being in the building. And so Will Smith's from West Philly. So we thought, let's give it a shot. So, um, but I got such a good response from the first time I asked folks to do anything for that, that I don't want to waste that. And so I'm watch I'm carefully watching Will Smith on Instagram and YouTube to kind of see where he is. And then once I know he's like at least in the country, um, is when I'm gonna make my next move. And the way I think I'm gonna do that is to just try and literally like blow up social media with um folks that are uh doing hashtag watch this Will Smith. That's what I'm asking folks to like repost my post and then you have to do it with the hashtag watch this will smith and i think if we do that i can get onto the trending page of instagram and you know it only takes one person so i actually had will smith's niece's teacher reach out to me and say hey will smith's niece was in my class last year he made a video for our eighth grade class there we go um when they graduated i can reach out for you and so you you just have no idea who's watching who's listening who has a hookup, you know, I don't know. So that's, that's my Hail Mary. So, uh, 
that that is coming up and I'll, I'll let everyone know if they follow me on instagram like when when that's going to take place and what they need to do so i appreciate you asking about that yeah absolutely we gotta bomb the all the platforms and get that guy in there he's a good guy and man his instagram channel has just come alive in the last year or so whatever it's been he's he's just contributing so much and uh, yeah i'm i'm hopeful so if, if we can help definitely uh, keep us connected CJ, for people who are interested in your stuff, want to follow your channel, what are the best ways to follow you and get to know more of your content? So you you try to do everything, right? But it just does not happen. I don't know. Like I hear I hear Gary Vaynerchuk telling me like you have to be on every platform all the time, and I'm like, dude, I can't. I'm, I'm right. this is like a <laughs> one and a half man show here. Um, so. I think Instagram is my is my one of my main focuses. I love connecting with people there, um, and on YouTube uh, is probably my biggest platform. And then I just started doing. Um, there's a new platform out called Teachers Connect that is solely for teachers, and it is a way for you to like ask questions and get them answered. And that has been pretty interesting in the last two weeks or so that I've been using that as well. So. Um, yeah, they're, they're my two biggest ones. But but I'm realizing that Twitter is like the, uh, in the world of education, that's the be all end all. So I, I, I try to be present there as well. All right, man, we're going to let you go. Thanks again so much for sharing your time. I'm such a huge fan of your stuff. And so I've been a little starstruck just chatting with you, CJ. But again, thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your summer. Tim, I appreciate it, man. Keep doing the great work that you're doing. It's really, it's making a difference. And I, and I'm, I thank you for that. All right. Thanks a lot, but take care. All right, man. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Teachers on Fire, where teachers come to share, learn, and be inspired. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Teachers on Fire. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, saying goodbye for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast.